0: phoenix from high above in the star worldwide network studios badge boys (laughs) stories insight guests and true blue humor with retired police sergeant darren birch and retired police officer jason Schechterly. Brought to you by OfficerPrivacy.com, the company's officers trust with their online privacy. And now, here they are, the Badge Boys. Welcome back to another edition of the Badge
1: Boys, the show where two retired cops talk to the community. I'm retired Crime Stopper Sergeant Darren Birch.
2: I'm retired Phoenix Police Officer Jason Schechterly.
1: And we have not just a great show for you, but a really important show, especially now during the pandemic when the kids are home on the internet. Learning there could also be out there with the online predators. We have Sergeant Jeffrey Lee. He 22-year career in the greater Houston area as a cop, 12 years of that, in the Internet Crimes Against Children's Unit. He wrote an incredible book called Online Predators, an Internet Insurgency, a field manual, really, for teaching and parenting in this digital arena. Uh, then we're going to go into Cop Talk. We're going to uh, – Jason has a very special – as he says, rant for us. So I'm, I have no idea what, what it is, so I'm really excited about that. And then we're going to go to what can only be described as a bad, bad, bad joke on regarding the um, Nobel Peace Prize. And if you haven't heard, you will now. And then we're going to go into heroic headlines, stupid suspect stories, and so much more. So stay tuned, stay informed, and most of all, you're going to be entertained.
0: More stories, inside guests, and true blue humor coming up on Batch Boys. We'll be back right after this.
1: OfficerPrivacy.com is offering a special deal for listeners of this podcast. This is a great deal. Go to OfficerPrivacy.com forward slash BB. Their team of current and retired law enforcement officers will remove your information from the top three sites that are showing your home address, phone number, and more. Sign up at OfficerPrivacy.com forward slash BB. You can also follow the link on our show notes.
3: Well, my, my, my. We happen to know that guy. Criminals think they are so smart. The problem for them is the police are smarter. Detectives resolve things. They don't give up. I'm not the only one who answered the call. I am retired Sergeant Darren Bird. Detective Chris McMullen. Detective Frank Dillard. Robert Cushing. Vermont State Police. Now, where did he come from?
1: Every detective has that one case. This is that one case for me.
3: He thinks he can outsmart these detectives. Well, he has another thing coming. You're not going to be able to run from it. You want to find that smoking gun. He does what he was made to do. Find the bad guy. That is, as they say in tennis, game, set, and match.
1: American Detective, coming
0: exclusively to Discovery Plus. Early 2021. Learn more at discoveryplus.com. You're listening to Badge Boys with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. Now back to the Badge Boys. I love Joe Kenda. <laughs> <The laughs> I've
2: <officer, laughs> yeah, yeah, watched all those shows. He's great. Really <laughs> He's great. good
1: guy. Had a really long conversation with him. It's just like two cops talking. Yeah. Great guy. Really was. You know who else is great? OfficerPrivacy.com. Uh, we're seeing more and more officers being targeted. And, yeah, you may not be a big star like Jason Schechterly, who's gone across the, the the globe speaking and these inspirational messages to everyone. When you say the word Schechterle, you might as well be saying Bond, James Bond. As I yell and famous. scream on the show every week. <laughs> Thanks, Darren. And yeah. because he yells and screams, he... <laughs> absolutely has to be careful with officer privacy and get all this stuff off the internet all those f
4: words jason right right but we
1: recently had an officer uh this uh um, out in wisconsin the uh, officer was attacked in his own home by black lives matter rioters who had now since called themselves the people revolution uh, a a fraction of the bom movement uh joseph mensal was attacked in his home about Six months ago, I guess it was, and he's still being harassed. He had to switch police departments to get away from that police department. All because he had, I want to say three, two or three valid shootings. Because he was saving either his life or someone else's life, they're attacking him. Doesn't matter if you're a big star, doesn't matter if you're this famous person, or you're an officer whose first day on the job, like those officers in, well, with the George Floyd incident, yeah, all of a sudden you are now a target and people are out there to hurt you because there's bad times going on. So please think about officerprivacy.com. I've joined, uh, thank God, because they found, uh, gosh, how many was it? I wanna say 26, they found 26 sites where my phone number, my address, my wife's phone number, you know, my daughter's address, all that was listed. And unfortunately there's people out there who just hate you because of the color of your uniform so be careful officerprivacy.com i truly truly heartfelt um, love the fact that they are our sponsors and if you go to officerprivacy.com forward slash bb or badge boys it is a discount and a gift and i know i'm preaching to choir, am i not jason
2: Uh, it's incredible i've already been removed 28 out of the 30 top websites and it, search engines and it's pretty incredible you're right your address your phone number but it doesn't mess with your business like you know we're both we have books out there and do public speaking and have the show that stuff doesn't get affected it's your personal stuff but doesn't just go for authors. everybody should Thank sign you. up for this Civilians, it is an absolutely yes. incredible it's better than any other service that i've seen
1: yeah, it's a great service. Speaking of great service, uh, our guest is Sergeant Jeffrey Lee, 22-year career uh, as a police officer in the greater Houston area. Uh, like I said, 12 years of that was with the Internet Crimes Against Children. That's a hard gig. I was in child crimes for a short period, uh, and, and then I returned as a, a sergeant, and my God, um, one week, I never went home. I literally had 24-hour call-out oh, yeah. with my guys. I had to go to a different squad uh, to pull out guys because we never stopped. Mm-hmm. And Internet Crimes Against Children, well, it's 24-7. It's yeah. the Internet. Uh, so we, we have uh, Jeffrey Lee uh, again. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much, not just for being on our show, but more importantly for what you do because uh, you're still actively working trying to find these predators before they, uh, they attack. Uh, so, again, welcome to the show, Jeff.
5: Hey, thanks for having me. I mean, much fun doing this and getting some good information out to people. So, you know, when you asked that, I was uh, truly humbled and honored and, uh, you know, pretty excited about it. So thanks for having me.
1: You know, I've read the book and it's a wonderful, wonderful read. Uh, Again, I'm going to repeat the title for those just now grabbing a pen or pencil. It's Online Predators, and Internet Insurgency, a Field Manual for Teaching and Parenting in the Digital Arena. And that is such a great title because when i first got it i thought of it almost like a textbook the way it kind of looked and the appearance on the you know book by a cover sort of thing but when i read it my god this is really well written it's good stories uh, but more importantly it is like a field manual having been in the army and by the way i am surrounded by people in the air force right now i have in studio we have kelsey and her husband uh, who's a uh, air force service member retired uh, of course jason air force uh Robin, Rockin' Robin, and Kelsey are both dependents with Air Force. So I have two words. Go Army.
2: Uh, yeah, was, Go see, Army. I knew
4: that was coming. You, you knew it. You and knew I
2: was it. just getting ready to stop it before you could even open your mouth. Uh,
4: You're outnumbered today. You Sorry. are outnumbered today. Yeah.
2: And again,
1: with Jeff uh, talking about his book, um, I just love this book. And it starts off right away with information as a weaponized commodity. And I've always talked about ignorance isn't bliss. It's dangerous. Knowledge is power. We need to understand these things. So can you talk a little bit about what you meant by the uh, information as a uh, weaponized commodity?
5: Well, sure. You know, it's, uh, you know, these kids these days, you know, they, uh, they're kids. It hasn't changed, you know, know, since we were kids. Their nature is still the same. They're inquisitive. They're trusting. Uh, They're an open book. And when, you know, uh, they're at, or see in an unsupervised online environment, uh, the things they say, the things they post, uh, you know, background clues and pictures, you know, friends who are friends, you know, middle school, you know, high school friendships are volatile, you know, amigo one day and not the next. And, you know, anything that you confided in that person with, if it was written down via text message or whatever, it can be screenshotted, passed around and all that kind of stuff. And, and weaponized towards, uh, towards an end that, um, that uh, you know can be used against them the same thing goes with you know online predators You know they they do that they gain the kids trust and get them to to pour things out and fortunately share You know um, illicit images things like that and then that information turn be turned around and used against the kid to produce more so With uh, when it comes to organized information, it truly is a commodity and the, the, uh, the Internet's biggest commodity if not it is information
1: Yeah uh, I so well said so well said and when we're talking about these um information and knowledge not just on the part of the predator who is literally preying on these children and their their innocence and with this anonymous you know platform where they can be anybody they can be a little girl can you talk about what you do in internet crimes against children to try to um, hunt them down you know, uh, sometimes you guys are pretending to be little girls. Can you talk a little bit about that, or little boys?
5: Sure, uh, sure. Yeah, uh, we do we do undercover chat. You know, stings uh, uh, of that nature. You know, we're you know specially trained and certified. What we call chatters. Um, you know, uh, they uh, they pose as juveniles online in order to uh, to meet or to get you know to locate, identify, and apprehend you know suspects willing to travel and, and you know, under the knowledge the desire to, to meet for sexual contact with a child. Um, you know, it's not uncommon for us to run these operations in you know, two or three days and have six to eight, even, you know, double digits arrested during that time period, um, traveling as far as, you know, two miles away to as far as, you know, 50 to even a hundred. And, um, you know, so that's a small portion of what we do. Those, 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 those chat operations are, are intensive. They have a lot of moving parts, um, but pulling them off is, is one of the funnest things that we could ever do as a task force. Um, other sources of information come from, you know, parents, you know, policing their kids' devices and, and finding things that uh, they didn't want to find, but know that it needs to be dealt with. Um, the National Center for Missing Children um, collects and disseminates information they get from, you know, the social media giants, um, and they disseminate that information out for suspects that are using you know, their, their services, um, and to exploit children. Um, we get cases from patrol. We get cases from, um, uh, you know, tips, uh, that kind of stuff, uh, basically all over, uh,
1: yeah. you know, I love how you talked about the parents and these devices, because it's not just a computer. It's, you know, these electronic devices that are all connected to the internet. And now with, with schooling, it's through this, this medium. Uh, and one of the chapters you talked about the home is not democracy and school safety searches. Can you talk a little bit about that?
5: Sure. Yeah. When it comes to, you know, a lot of, a lot of parents, you, you know, they, they want to respect their kids' privacy. They want to give them space. They want to give them, you know, um, room to, to, to be kids. Uh, but at the same time, you know, when you and I were kids, uh, you know, if we were in our rooms, you know, you know, just hanging out, you know, uh, even playing video games, those video games back weren't weren't online. There were consoles Nintendo Super Nintendo. Yeah, Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that kind of stuff. And, you know, if you wanted to play with friends, they were physically there in the room with you. Right? So, you know, but nowadays with the advent of the technology and the devices and stuff, a child who's physically alone, you know, being the only person in the room is still entirely possible, but they're not really alone anymore if they have that device. So uh when it comes to saying that the home is on democracy, you know, I also go further in the book and it's 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 almost like dictatorship from the top down. But it's not that is not the absence of love and humility. It's it's the fact that you it's your house. Um, it's, you know, your device and it's your child or Internet. Um, so therefore, you need to be as proactive as possible up to and including, you know, device take up and, you know, uh, curtailing their digital freedoms. Um, As often as you can, but at the same time, you know, you have to be, you know, really, you know, you you have to be more observant and and nurturing than, uh, than, you know, than other times when it comes to that kind of stuff. So when I say home is not a democracy, uh, you know, I'm saying that, uh, you know, there is no Fourth Amendment in your, in your, in your home. Uh, You know, every search is reasonable when it's, uh, when it comes down to the safety and security of your kid.
1: Yeah, that's one of the biggest things I took away from when I was in child crimes is so many loving well-intended parents end up becoming victimized. Um, Their children become victimized because they have a big heart. They want to do all the right things. And uh, sadly, you're right. we got to be aware. Knowledge is power. Um, But the other thing that really hit me when when I was in sex crimes was the complete uh, insatiable appetite of these uh, child predators. I remember one parent, or excuse me, one bad parent who was a predator told me that, his abuse of his son which went on on and on and on uh he finally turned himself in we didn't even know about the crime because as you know these crimes are you know late reported if if ever and when we finally he finally decided to come forward i couldn't believe this was a, a guy who worked at honeywell he was a engineer and i said i can't wrap my head around what you would do what you did to your own son and he says the only way I can explain it is it consumes my every waking second. In your book you talk about the methodology of a child predator and I really like that because in it you say yes there are stereotypes of internet predators. Here's a list of characteristics usually provided by middle schoolers during internet safety presentations. A fat white dude, bald white dude, fat bald white dude, (laughs) Cheetos dust on fingers, Uh, a nerd, lives with his mother, drives a dirty old van the problem is what we've seen is these predators come in all shapes and sizes we even see cops who have done this can you uh, am i overstating this and please elaborate
5: no you're not overstating it at all i mean it it, the the fact is is that you know child predators and people who have a sexual you know interest in children across all all strata stripes and economic you know uh you know levels you know, we see, you know, doctors, lawyers, airline pilots, priests, teachers, other cops, uh, all the way down to, to janitors, to unemployed, to homeless, um, everywhere in between, either big bankroll or, you know, living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. I mean, if the sickness is there, it's there. Uh, you know, it's uh, the only difference between, you know, somebody who, you know, say, you know, lives in a trailer park versus a, you know, 10,000 square foot mansion. is just more area to search.
1: You know, when we talk about these predators can be anybody, sadly, the children, the victims can be any child. I know there's this big um, marketing campaign regarding uh, not my child when it comes to drugs and so forth, but it's it's so true as well with uh, internet crimes. Any child can be a victim. And you have one particular chapter in your book um, which really hit home is the human trafficking and social media case study. Uh, That sounds clinical. The story is so well-written, brother. It really is. It's truly a great story. Sadly, it, it ends tragic. I don't want to give anything away because I'd rather you kind of, if you would, tell a little bit about that. Uh,
5: the story is, is a conglomerate of different aspects of different cases that, um, that that I've either worked personally or assisted in working or supervised working, um, kind of put together in order to, to kind of bring all of the stuff that we were talking about in prior chapters of the book together. Uh, you know, Amy is a, you know, upper-middle-class, you know, child. Uh, she's, you know, active at school, um, student council, you know, things like that, uh, cheerleading, drill team, uh, you name it. Um, you know, she was involved in it, and she lived at home, um, you know, with her with her mom and dad, uh, still happily married and all that kind of good stuff. But through um, a series of trials that started at school, through people that she thought were friends and were not— and then coupled with a, a, a big job loss for the father, uh, during an economic downturn, um, you know, the parents, you know, kind of turned inward for a little bit, just trying to keep the lights on. Um, and Amy spent more and more time, you know, using the internet and social media as, you know, she kind of fell out from her friend circle and then she met some friends and, um, these particular, um, newer friends, um, had some other nefarious goals in mind. Um, and through those friends, she gets, uh, kind of suckered into um, another life, which is kind of what she was looking for to begin with. Uh, But unfortunately, it ends with her, you know, disappearing and uh, ending up in the sex trafficking industry and then uh, sadly, you know, disposed of uh, when she was, you know, for reasons that the the reader and even, you know, uh, even I don't know, um, simply because, you know, that's the way it happens, you know, we just, people just disappear and then, you know, their remains are found and we don't know exactly, you know, what we know how they were killed, but we don't know why and sometimes we never do.
1: Yeah, no, that's such a great point about the why. Uh first thing you learn when you go to court is we don't have a why and juries always want the why and the why doesn't make sense. They're they're monsters, they're they're predators. Uh at the end of each chapter, and again this book is so such so, again, I loved how you, you refer to it as a field manual because I could see teachers and um and parents having this and referring to it uh, after each chapter, you have a recap, and the very last chapter's recap is three points you make. Children's futures are tied to their devices, and it really is so true. It's huge; that is their world. Uh, and we, as me, as an old man, a grandfather, I, I don't, I can't wrap my head around it, but <laughs> they're tethered to it. Uh, the other point you make is children have so many more opportunities because of the technology to be productive and successful adults. So it's a good thing they have these, but bad people can take advantage of it. And then the third point is a stakeholder's job is to do all they can to ensure children are ready and able to fully take advantage of these opportunities and stay safe. Uh, can you talk about the recap and why you put those in there and why you even wrote this book?
5: Uh, I wrote the book uh, primarily as an extension of you know the internet safety you know presentations that I do um, locally around, you know, the Houston and the Harris County areas, uh, I've done, um, oh gosh, I've lost, uh, lost count of the number of presentations, but the last count of the number of people who have seen it. it's upwards of over 40,000 over the last, you know, 12 years, uh, parents, you know, teachers and, and kids and stuff. And, uh, you know, I wanted to reach a bigger audience. I, I just, you know, you just keep seeing the same parental mistakes over and over and over again. Um, and it's not through, you know, because there's there's no parenting class for anybody, you know, you just a lot of us, you know, even even myself included, you know, with with my kids and their devices, you know, it, as parents we're we're usually just one or two steps from from total disaster, you know. And um uh, I wrote the book primarily because, you know, th- this technology moves at the blink of an eye. You know, even in, even in my house, you know, things. You know, we catch things every once in a while. that we have to bring our kids in and say, "Hey, man, what are you thinking?" You know, um, and and on top of that, uh, with all these devices and stuff, you know, with kids and how fast the technology moves and everything, we're not going to catch everything. So, you know, if a if a, another parent or, an, or, or a relative, you know, sees you know something on a, a child's social media that, you know, they. Things that the parents would ordinarily want to know about, or just didn't catch. You know, they have to. You know, it's time to say something. I mean, you know, maybe a difficult conversation, but you know, it, it just needs to be had.
1: I love it. Yeah, I, l- I love what you did writing the book, and I think it's really important for the people out there to understand that these kids, no matter how young, if you don't think they can, you know, utilize these devices, you're so wrong. Uh, because this has been such a sad story. I want to give you a little bit of an. uh uh, an uplift here. Uh, we have a 911 tape of a young girl who's using such a device in such a beautiful way.
6: What, what's wrong? Um, my dad can't hardly breathe. Okay, hold on a second. Okay. Okay. How old are you? I'm five years old.
7: Okay. What's your name? Savannah. Okay, Savannah. Hold on. I'm getting them dispatched.
6: Okay. Okay. You need to come real fast.
7: Okay, Savannah, I have them on the way. Is your daddy still awake? Yeah. Okay. Is your front door unlocked, Savannah?
6: Uh, is the front door unlocked?
7: No. Okay, Savannah, can you go unlock that front door
6: for me? Sure. Don't worry, Dad. We're in our games and we're trying to go to bed, but can't hardly breathe. Stay calm, Dad.
7: But just tell him the ambulance is on the way, so they'll be there here in a minute.
6: Okay, um, they'll so be here in uh, just a minute, the ambulance are on the way. No. He really needs oxygen.
7: He really needs oxygen? Yeah,
6: real bad.
7: Real bad? Can you ask him if this
6: has ever happened before? Has this ever happened? No. No, so far so good, he's so like We're in our jammies, and I'm in a TikTok, so I'll have to get dressed okay i know where well, i'm gonna live but he really needs to talk to you again real fast i'll be in my room and i'll be playing on um hey so savannah i want you to stay
7: there with your daddy okay okay i need you to make sure that he stays awake so oh, okay
6: i got that and we have a dog that's really um small and so he's friendly He's friendly. Okay. He kind of barks. He kind of barks? That's all right, though. Lou, come on. Family, is uh, on the way. Come on, Lou Lou.
7: Is your dad okay still?
6: Yeah. Okay. So far, so good. Is, is the fireman there, Savannah? Uh, yeah, they're here. Guys. They're
7: there to help your daddy, so don't be scared, okay? Okay. Are, are they there? Hey, Savannah, you did a good I, job,
6: okay? Hello.
7: Right, Savannah,
6: you
1: did a good job. It's okay, guys. I love that. Jeff, I just wanted your take. Isn't it amazing?
5: Uh, oh, that is amazing. You know, it, it, it proves a, a, an extremely important point. You know, these these kids, they know how to use this stuff. I mean, they, they you know, they, they're literally teething on the corners of iPads and, uh, you know, and they they see their parents use it. They you know it doesn't take much time for them to figure it out. So, I mean, she's going to be tied to that device for the rest of her life. And um, and there's a lot of good things that can come from that. I you love know, it. Yeah. If you got, yeah. And if you've got you know this is a case in point, I took a drive you know um, going somewhere over a couple weeks ago, and you know you pass through a small town that I've been through several times before here in Texas, and you know the the storefronts have been shuttered forever as long as I can remember and now I drive through there and they're starting to be opened back up again by these you know these millennials who you know graduating college moving back and making use of these things that we we discarded a long time ago because we were marching towards the technology that they're using now and they're you know they're being they're artisans you know they're they're the online stuff is, is what makes that possible you know for them to make a living in a place that for such a long time, uh, you know, it was it was not it was not available. So you know, we had to get our parents. As our job as parents is, we have to get them up there and ready, without the impediments of, say, you know, online exploitation of online sexual blackmail of, you know, um, cyberbullying and things like that. You know, we, we've, we've got to get them there because we don't want them to have roadblocks and things, you know, that come back from their digital past to, you know, to throw a wrench in the whole thing. So that's what I meant by that.
1: I love that. You, you bring up a great point. The perfect ending point is that the answer isn't taking away these devices. The answer is being knowing what they're doing on these devices. And again, you're the author of Online Predators and Internet Insurgency, a field manual for teaching and parenting in the digital arena. Uh, where is it available and how can we get it?
5: Uh, it's on, it's available through most online retailers Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Walmart, um, and, and several other smaller ones, uh, that are out there. Um, and, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much where you can get it.
1: I picked up mine from amazon.com and again, it's a great read. I, again, want to thank you so much for being our guest, but more importantly, I want to thank you for what you're doing and for writing this really, really important book.
5: Well, thank you for what you're doing, you know, for, for having a perform that, uh, it's available to you know to you know not just law enforcement but to everybody who's got something to say and you know beneficial to to everybody. I mean, really the the kudos is to y'all for, for providing the vehicle. I'm just along for the ride.
1: It's been our honor. Thank you, Jeff. We'll be right back.
0: More stories, inside guests, and true blue humor coming up on Batch Boys. We'll be back right after this. I'm Pete James, a retired law enforcement officer who has a
1: passion for the safety and security of those in the profession. OfficerPrivacy.com offers a full range of privacy services that removes your personal information from the Internet so you and your family can feel safe and secure in your home. OfficerPrivacy.com will keep you safe.
0: You're listening to Badge Boys with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. Now, back to the Badge Boys.
1: I just love these uh, cops. They have so much experience, so much knowledge, and helping with these books. Uh, you know, mine's just a funny, silly, stupid book, but this is a really good book about something that's so important. I'm um, just, I'm in awe. I'm so thankful that One you this. One of the most this.
2: important topics in the country right now is the safety and protection of our children. Yeah. Especially when it it comes to online and sexual predators.
4: And they're not all creepy looking again. We need to stress that. I actually had a former friend who I worked in the film industry with that was not a bad looking guy who actually asked me out a long time ago when I first met him, but I was with someone else And just a few years ago, we found out that he was arrested for being on Instagram doing this with young girls. Yeah, the
1: whole trench coat thing. You know, yeah. Yeah, I got a little nervous when you
2: started talking about fat. Bald white guys that drive a van. I'm like, uh, I, I used to have a van. Uh, I, that's me. What, <laughs> <wait a second. laughs> I hope these cliches are out the window because <laughs> I, I fit that profile right now. No, you don't. Oh. Um. No, you don't.
1: Hey, we have a very interesting cop talk. You have something you wanted to share with us, and I have no idea what it is. And I'm really butting at the bit to find out.
2: Yeah, I just think this needs to be addressed, especially in the world of law enforcement and i've been fired up about it for a couple of days Uh, again this is not uh, i don't care if you're a democrat or republican a libertarian and independent i don't care if you're black white brown purple i don't care there is right and there is wrong you are either a good person or you are a piece of shit that's all it boils down to and i don't know if you saw this week darren Alexandria or Ocasio-Cortez, or however the fuck you pronounce her name. AOC. Got on her live Instagram. And I watched this three times, which made me very ill, but I wanted to make sure that I really captured her her voice and her intent with the message that she's getting out. And you sit there and you watch her with her hair flips and and how she talks about this. And what she discussed was the insurrection on January 6th. And she talked about, you know, poor little her and how she's already accused another sitting senator of having her murdered, which you have no right to say that. But of course, because she's protected by social media and the National media, she could say whatever she wants, whereas people like me and you can't say whatever we want. But she went on to say that she was scared for her life, and a Capitol Police officer came to her office. She was hiding in the bathroom, came to her office to protect her. Now, she has been fact-checked, I think, eight out of the last ten times that she said something, it was proven that she lied. So I doubt that she told the truth here, but she made sure to emphasize that this Capitol police officer was white, wearing a black beanie. Now, we're in Washington, D.C. First of all, he had to wear his uniform, and I'm sorry, but there's nothing wrong with keeping your head warm when it's cold. She was upset that he didn't have a partner. Well, your fucking boss, Nancy Pelosi, did not give Capitol Police, the resources they needed. You're talking about 50 officers trying to hold back an insurrection of thousands of violent people. All she wanted to do was point out how scared she was of this officer oh my God. who was there to protect her. She pointed out his race, pointed out that he didn't have a partner, said that he had hate in his eyes when he looked at her. That was called no, fear. No, exactly what it was was fear and he was trying to do his job as he was getting overrun and this the that fits her narrative it wasn't about anything else except saying what fits her narrative and not what is true and what really really gets me is in all her crying and whining and oh my god i was scared for my life you know what Fuck you because a Capitol police officer was murdered that day. And two police officers involved in that incident since then have committed suicide. I am. AOC is without a doubt the most vile, disgusting bitch in the United States today. She is a cancer. Don't forget stupid. Well, she is, she is a cancer and a threat to the United States. And I am so tired of somebody who was elected by a couple hundred people in a Tiny little borough in New York is demanding that we all think like her and that police officers, a police officer who was there to protect her, and And she (laughs) is talking about how scared she was of him and that it it has just been the most disgusting thing. And it's not going to change because the the national media and politicians control the narrative. So we are. It's going to be very difficult to change. And then on the other issue, and I think this is going to lead into what you want to discuss. Just yesterday morning, an individual by the name of Michael Butte, a lieutenant with the Hancock County Sheriff's Office, was murdered in the line of duty. Guess what, Darren? He was black. His life matters to me. Does it matter to Black Lives Matter movement? Fuck no. They could care less because he was a police officer. Then, I don't know if you saw two days ago in Oklahoma, Muskegee, Oklahoma, five children. And you want to talk about how they all, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives do matter. That's why I'm talking about this. The Black Lives Matter movement, they like to yell and scream, say their name anytime a police officer shoots and kills a black person. Well, I'm going to say these children's names. Jaliah, age one. Jadis, age three. Harmony, age five. Nevaeh, age six. And Quadence, age nine. Five children under the age of nine were murdered in their home. Children were murdered. These children were black. Do you think you're going to hear anything about that from BLM or CNN? From Don Lemon, who is one of the most iconic racists in the country right now, even though he deflects toward everybody else. Steroid Boy Cuomo, you think they're going to talk about this? No, their lives matter just as much as George Floyd, Aisha Taylor, and everybody else. And I am so tired of this. They are a terrorist organization, and they are up for... Nobel Peace
1: Prize, which is the you segue. You can't perfect even make segue. that up. Yeah. You know, when we first started this show, we made a, uh, it wasn't even an agreement. We both felt this as our primary rule. And what was that, Jason?
2: Don't talk about politics.
1: It was. We both agreed we would not talk politics. Um And we can't stay away from it. They can't. It they have, How We, can we, we have no choice. And And wow. because it's so wrapped in law enforcement right now uh the, no joke a norwegian member of parliament peter eddie nominated the global movement black lives matter based on their struggle against racism racially motivated violence he wrote in his official nomination papers i have no problem at all with those words other than the fact that he's nominating this organization i'd much rather him or, um, nominate a person because a person can take um responsibility for what the organization is doing. He said, quote, BLM's call for systematic change have spread around the world, forcing other countries to grapple with racism within their own societies. Again, I don't have a problem with those words as it relates to somebody like Martin Luther King or Nelson Mandela. Um, He went on to talk about um, the hashtag in 2012, which was really based on, the judicial acquittal had nothing to do with the police, with Trayvon Martin. It had to do with the acquittal. Yeah. A hundred percent had to who do with the justice. Who was killed by a civilian. Yeah, correct. Who wasn't white, by the way. Um, it shouldn't <laughs> be about race. Um, Eddie, who has represented the socialist left party in parliament since 2017, uh, said, quote, the legacy from both the civil rights movement in America and the anti-apartheid movement in South Africa. This is why he made this um, Nomination, and he did mention Martin Luther King, and he did not mention Nelson Mandela, because he said that the um, the writers, or during this movement, um, was very small. And this why he said, "Quote: People messaged me to say that BOM is a violent organization." He said, "Quote: I condemn all kinds of violence." However, these arguments were the same when Martin Luther King received the prize. In 1964 or when mandela received it in 1993 it's not a strong argument he said he added quote if some elements of the movement may have been violent that is not a reason to blame the whole movement and that is where i disagree you see you can blame the organizers of this movement when they don't condemn the violence martin luther king nelson mandela condemned the violence they do not. We had a New York president of the chapter for BOM. Again, I call it BOM when I'm angry with it. I love, like Jason said, Black Lives Matter. I love those three words. Those are beautiful three words. They really are. And I love the movement. I love when they wanted to protest the murder of George Floyd. Loved it. I would be up there right with them handing out water. Sure. Absolutely. hundred percent. But when you have the president of that chapter in New York say, quote, I don't condemn how else will it be heard when he's talking about violence. When the Chicago president said, I don't care about the looting. It's reparations. They're adding fuel to the fire. And though arguably, and I, and I kind of agree, I think it is the the minority of protests have become violent. The problem is when you have 9,000 plus protests Even if it's less than 10%, let's say it's 7%, which is what they're saying. I would argue with that. I'd say it's probably closer to 10. That means out of 10,000 protests, you have 1,000 riots. And we know in Portland, it's 68% of the protests are violent. It's just a violent riot anymore. So how can you nominate an organization, not a person who's held accountable, but an organization that has been preaching hatred towards cops, hatred towards uniforms, hatred towards society and wanting anarchy since 2012, when they were marching and saying kill cops, when they're marching and saying put them in the frying pan. You you can't have it both ways. They may be eligible for a lot of other awards. You know, most significant movement. I buy it. Time person of the of the year. I buy it. Peace, You're absolutely making a joke out of the Nobel Peace Prize for saying that. That's my take.
2: Well, the Nobel Peace Prize has become a joke in the last few years. But somebody sitting in Norway watching CNN and just getting their narrative, that doesn't make any sense. And you're right about, like, Martin Luther King, one of the – I mean, just – Truly, one of the greats, one of the greatest Americans ever. Thank you. If not, at least in the top three. When you talk about wanting systemic change, the Black Lives Matter movement does not want systemic change. They want the abolition and murder of police officers. That's the bottom line. How is that? How is that peace in in any form? And when you, I can sit here and tell you that a black officer was murdered, a lieutenant. And then five children under the age of 10 were murdered. And Black Lives Matter movement does not care about them. Their narrative and desire for change goes out the window because that is a lie. They don't care about these people.
1: And here's the truth to Jason's point. More than 2,000 police officers were injured from May 25th to July 31st. That's not even the whole summer of rioting. That's just the first six weeks. Again, May 25th to July 31st. How do we know that? The major cities' chief association did a report based on industrial insurance claims from sustained officers injuries during the quote unquote protests. And these injuries, by the way, and again, we're just talking the first six weeks in Albany, New York, police officer hit by a brick. Uh, Ashbury Park, New Jersey, police officer hit by a rock. Atlanta, Georgia, police officers uh, hit by a um, Throwing objects, seven officers in Boston were injured. A state trooper in in um, Brockton, Massachusetts, hit with a bottle. Buffalo, New York, officers, a state trooper hit um, by a vehicle. Um, I could go on and on and on. Uh, in gosh, this is horrible. In Portland alone, over four hundred officers were injured. Two hundred, more than two hundred, to a point where they sustained such severe injuries, they're blind crippled and in hospitals and for this person to nominate an organization that did not condemn that how in the world can that be eligible for a peace prize um yeah i'm sick i'm absolutely you, you know yeah, that's, sick.
4: if they want to really truly honor black lives matter why don't they nominate that young girl that did that poem at the inauguration speech amanda gorman
1: there are yeah. so many examples. Well, that's exactly right. It, it, that's a beautiful an individual, poem.
4: Yes. Yeah. Nominate
2: an individual who's doing it the right way and not yeah. the overall movement that the, the underlying thing is violence. Yeah. And so
1: we're making a, a valid argument against this nomination in terms of it winning and so f- spread this to the uh you know the people in, uh, that handle this please spread the word because there's an argument to be made that this is absolutely ridiculous you know
2: what it, they'll get the award Darren for the same reasons as Saturday night live the other night which i have not watched in at least 20 years because i do not think that they are funny at all i i can't stand these people but you notice they came on brand new the other night, and there wasn't one political joke because everybody is terrified right now of being canceled. So you can't say anything anymore. So nobody's going to resist this or stand up to it, and they will uh, get the award. Jesus Christ, I'm pissed off. We need to take a break. Um, and come back um, with and have some fun. Um, uh, that is just truly disgusting to me. Uh, we will be right back with heroic headlines and hopefully some very entertaining, stupid suspect stories. Come back to Badge Boys, brought to you by OfficerPrivacy.com.
0: More stories, inside guests, and true blue humor coming up on Badge Boys. We'll be back right after this. We both signed up for the service and are
1: so happy with it. OfficerPrivacy.com is offering a very special deal for listeners of the Badge Boys. This is a great deal. Go to OfficerPrivacy.com forward slash BB. Their team of current and retired law enforcement officers will remove your information from the top 30 sites that are showing your home address, your phone number, and so much more. When you sign up now with our link, you'll get a free bonus mailed to you, plus your first month of monitoring for free. You don't have to be an officer to sign up. If you are a family member just don't want your personal information out there on the internet, you can join OfficerPrivacy.com. We've met the owner, had him on her show, great guy, and he will take care of you, I promise. If you care about your online privacy, and I highly recommend the service he provides, sign up at OfficerPrivacy.com forward slash BB.
3: Well, my, my, my. We happen to know that guy. Criminals think they are so smart. The problem for them is the police are smarter. Detectives resolve things. They don't give up. I'm not the only one who answered the call. I am retired Sergeant Darren Burch. Detective Chris McMullen. Detective Frank Dillard. Robert Cushing. Vermont State Police. Where did he come
1: from? Every detective has that one case. This is that one case for me.
3: He thinks he can outsmart these detectives. Well, he has another thing coming. You're not going to be able to run from it. You want to find that smoking gun. He does what he was made to do find the bad guy. That is, as they say in tennis, game
0: set and match. American Detective coming exclusively to Discovery Plus early 2021 learn more at discoveryplus.com You're listening to Badge Boys with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. now back to the Badge Boys
1: you know, with that last comp talk segment, absolutely kinda of depressing. Uh, it just seems like the world's upside down, up is down, right is wrong, left is right, mm. whatever. Just is all backwards, this mm. ultimate universe. I need something uplifting. Can you help me with something heroic, my friend?
2: Well, y- no. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. He's we're honest. honest. We're honest. It's, it's unfortunately sad, but it's oh. a no-brainer to recognize the two FBI yes. special agents that were murdered in Sunrise, Florida yesterday, and uh their names are Daniel Alphen and Laura Schwarzenberger, and this ties in with yes. our first segment guests Absolutely. because they spent their careers, uh, one started in one started in 09 and their specialty was to investigate child pornography. Daniel Alphen uh, took down the largest child porn website on the dark web just uh, four years ago. And uh, special agent Schwarzenberger spent a lot of her time in classrooms, did an amazing job teaching kids how to protect themselves. They were murdered serving a search warrant, uh, against somebody who was clearly wanted violent and dangerous and they're not heroic necessarily for the way they died it's for the way they lived they did Love a it. lot of good they probably saved a lot of lives and made a lot of lives better and they've left behind children spouses family uh you know these people were human beings they had hobbies they had loved ones and they chose to spend their time investigating and protecting our most precious commodity, which is our children. And it was, uh, you know, I never am going to be happy when an officer is killed in the line of duty, but these two, uh, and when you saw their uh, flag-draped bodies being wheeled into an ambulance yesterday, it was incredibly heartbreaking. And so they are definitely the heroes for this week. God bless them and their families and uh, the entire law enforcement community that is suffering right now
1: absolutely no well said uh truly heroic um every cop out there is heroic um you know nobody nobody hates a bad cop than a cop and there's so very few uh instead of talking about these heroes unfortunately so many of the news media wants to talk about one bad cop here or there it's a shame it really is yeah uh, let's go into Stupid Suspects. Uh, you know, I like the theme. I like always having a theme, and I'm trying to think, what state would be really good to have a theme with? Oh, it's mm. always Florida, uh, It's always Florida. Well, uh, let me think. Yeah, no, you're right. Florida. Okay, Sorry, let's go guys. with Florida. And also dogs. So the uh, this week's theme for Stupid Suspects is Florida and Dogs. The suspect uh, from Escambia County, I, always, I don't know why I'm on a radio show, I can't pronounce anything, Escambia County, Florida, if that's even right, the suspect, Eric Tyler Mathis, 25 years of age has been charged with attempt carjacking attempt burglary three counts of battery on a law enforcement officer resisting arrest with violence and ready for this battery on a police canine you're not going to win that fight buddy no uh the picture of this you got to go online and see a picture it is absolutely great uh he was walking in and out of traffic he tried to grab somebody's steering wheel as they were driving by can you say drugs uh the caller was uh, driving and and called and to the bless his poor caller uh to his surprise when he gets home uh There is this idiot Mathis on his front porch. Yeah, after trying to take his car, driving by, he pulls over, he calls police, he announces what's going on, this idiot on the road. Then he drives home, and just a few minutes away, and there is this guy on his porch, and his daughter is in the home. So deputies arrive, they see this idiot by the name of Mathis hiding behind a blue tarp on the caller's property and they try to get him to come down he the mathis becomes aggressive with the deputies and he demands that they leave his property he's making he's made a mistake he thinks it's his house yeah and he's he, yeah yeah again drugs in an attempt to get him in custody the deputies <laughs> delivered several strikes to the head face knock him unconscious unfortunately it was short-lived because he regained his consciousness and began to resist again they deploy a taser it did not work tasers don't work with drunks and they just don't not really. on drugs uh That's when the canine Zeke was deployed. And deputies were able to. Second Zeke. Absolutely. Zeke is a stud. He tried to hurt Zeke and Zeke would have none of it. So good for Zeke and stupid uh, Mathis. You're an idiot. Uh, The second stupid suspect uh, involving a dog uh, is a Florida pizza man swiped a puppy during his pizza delivery yep yeah i heard right a florida pizza man swiped a puppy while dropping off a grub he stole order. the dog he stole a puppy Jeez. as he's delivering the pizza what's worse is that arlison Chilito, 22 years of age um to put the puppy in his pizza bag you know the nice <sighs> warm bag so maybe the puppy liked it at first you know i don't know uh quote it was terrible i mean it was just terrible said lexi's owner the puppy was lexi um the owner and his wife had ordered a pizza through the delivery app of Grubhub from the restaurant Gusto. On This is just last Saturday night. When the dr- delivery guy dropped off the food, the poodle escaped out of the house, and this idiot grabs the little pooch, thro- shoves him in the pizza bag, and then takes off running. Uh, luckily, the uh, pooch was recovered because they tr- uh, traced Toledo down through the Grubhub app. They were able to figure out who he was. Uh, so the puppy is safe at home, and uh, Grubhub is firing that piece of delivery guy yeah and that is the florida stupid story involving dogs
4: now wait a minute yes. he just got fired he didn't go to jail for stealing someone oh
1: dog? no he he definitely wow. went to jail he went to jail for all sorts of things i was things. gonna say yeah, really no, yeah he he went to jail for the uh oh in fact it was a felony i remember reading it was a felony so it was an expensive pooch for it to be a felony uh yeah a felony uh, I wish
4: the puppy would have been in the ankles yeah
1: seriously <laughs> but uh, yeah so next time we have a pizza delivery keep your dogs inside safe and sound you never know if it's going especially if you live in florida now especially if you live in the florida.
4: dog would have liked being in the bag if there was a pizza in there for him to eat oh i think see, the smell alone see? you know yeah, yeah the yeah, yeah
1: the, the dog wasn't in, dog was in heaven yeah he was in a pizza bag yeah he was in heaven poor poor owners yeah so that is the stupid suspect story uh, i think you can improve upon that and give us something inspirational even in florida
2: uh Well, this one actually comes from uh, Memphis, Tennessee, but this does inspire me and just makes me uh, smile and happy as can be. Uh, A woman by the name of Bonita Early, 54 years old, fought off a carjacker, and her only injury is a sprained wrist, and that's because she beat his ass so badly. And I freaking love it. Um, She was injured in the confrontation. Uh, Again, only a sprained hand after she delivered this beating to a guy who tried to steal her vehicle. She said she had pulled into the gas station at Sands Club, proceeded to fill up with some gas. When, unaware to her, a white Mercedes pulled up next to her. A gentleman exited the vehicle, jumped into her car. Uh, She decided to fight for her car, her property, and her safety. Uh, The gentleman... Uh, who needs to find a new job because apparently he if you get your ass kicked by a 54-year-old woman, you're not a good criminal and you might as well give up carjacking. Uh, But he happened to have dreadlocks and she grabbed a fistful of those those dreadlocks and pounded on him until he got out of the car and (laughs) ran away and he is still... At large, so if anybody has any info on that, please call Crime Stoppers in Memphis, Tennessee. But uh, Ms. Early, you are not only my hero her. and my I inspiration for this week, uh, and I'm sure she's looking at her sprained wrist right now uh, full of smile. It probably does not hurt I'll at all. Her for a Nobel uh, the only prize. thing that hurts is this guy's pride because, right. again, he got his ass beat by a 54-year-old woman who wasn't <laughs> going to put up with any shit this week, and I love it. That's Fun. how... We all need to be.
4: You know, you and I, Jason, love to get tattoos to memorialize things. Yeah. If that happened to me, I would put put a little tattoo on my wrist and say, you should see the other guy. Oh,
2: got it. Something like that. that, You know, like she kicked his ass. She's a huge inspiration. So everybody, please have a safe, productive week. Do not watch any of the national news. Do not listen to any of our politicians because it will only hurt you And I want you guys to all be happy. Go out in the world and see that it is not what the news says it is. Uh, I love all of you. God bless you. Thank you to OfficerPrivacy.com for helping me, helping Darren. And hopefully you all are signing up for that right now. We will be back next week.
0: Matchbook. Thanks for listening to Badge Boys. Stories, insights, guests, and true blue humor with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. Badge Boys, heard weekly and worldwide on Star Worldwide Networks and all mobile devices. Badge Boys.